Rob again. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I had an okay weekend. VFB Stuttgart did not win. We'll talk more about that later. Um, I hope everybody got to enjoy, you know, some of the football that was on. There was a lot, you know, after the international break, it always seems like, you know, it's more refreshing, you know, with your, your club teams. Um, one quick note, just want to let everybody know if you didn't see it on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, I did change the name of the podcast. It is no longer the 90 and extra time podcast from now on. It will be 90 plus extra time. Um, that's to, you know to get in line with the, the logo because everybody was pretty much calling it 90 plus extra time anyway and you know 90 plus extra time is you know a common phrase that's used in football so from now on this is the 90 plus extra time podcast just want to let you guys know um, I'm gonna jump right into it uh, after I put out last week's podcast there were games um, from euro qualifying euro 2020 qualifying. Um, Monday and Tuesday, so I'm just going to go over the standings for that after match day eight. Now, not all the, the teams have played eight games. Um, it's just basically the last four groups that have six teams in, in each group. Uh, but group A through E, they only have five teams each. So that's why some of the, the amount of games played are going to sound weird, even though it is match day eight. But Euro 2020 qualifying, group A, we have England sitting on top. They have 15 points in six matches. Czech Republic's in second with 12 points. Kosovo is in third with 11 points. Montenegro is in fourth, and they've actually been eliminated. Um, they have three points in seven matches, and then Bulgaria is in last. Um, they still have not been eliminated yet I, because I believe they can still make to the playoff. Um, they have three points in seven matches. Uh, let's see. Group B. Um we got Ukraine sitting on top. They have 19 points in seven matches, and they've already qualified. Uh, Portugal is sitting in second with 11 points in six matches. Serbia is in third with 10 points in six matches. Luxembourg, four points in six matches. And Lithuania, unfortunately, they've been eliminated. They have one point in seven matches. Group C, uh, this is a group I've been paying the most attention to because, you know, Germany's in it. Um, we have the Netherlands and Germany both sitting on top. Uh, they both have 15 points in six matches. Northern Ireland, they have 12 points in six matches. Uh, Belarus is sitting in fourth. They have uh, four points in seven matches, but they will, no matter what, um, they won't be eliminated after the group stage is over because they, they will automatically go into the playoff. And Estonia sitting in last place in the group. They've already been eliminated. They have one point in seven matches. All right, Group D, we got the Republic of Ireland, um, 12 points in seven matches, followed by Denmark, who also have 12 points, but they've only played six matches. Uh, Switzerland sitting in third, 11 points in six matches. Georgia, who has qualified for the playoff, um, they have eight points in seven matches. And Gibraltar, they are in last place. They've already been eliminated. They have zero points in six matches. All right, Group E, we got Croatia sitting on top with 14 points in seven matches. Hungary in second with 12 points in seven matches. Um, Slovakia, 10 points in six matches. Wales, eight points in six matches. And Azerbaijan has one point after six matches. All right, so all the following groups, they have all played eight games. So I will just uh, you know tell you the points. Um, group F... Leaders Spain with 20 points. They've already qualified. Uh, Sweden is in second with 15. 
Uh, Romania is in third with 14. Norway uh, in fourth with 11. And then the Faroe Islands and Malta both have three points, but they've also been eliminated already. All right, Group G, uh, we got Poland, who's qualified. They have 19 points, followed by Austria with 16 points. North Macedonia, Slovenia, and Israel all sitting at 11 points. And then Latvia is in last place. They've already been eliminated. They have zero points. Um, Group H. Um, Turkey and France are both sitting on top with 19 points each. Uh, Iceland's in third with 15 points. Uh, Albania, they have 12. And then Andorra and Moldova, they both have three points. But Albania, Andorra, and Moldova have all been eliminated already. All right, Group I. Um, this group has already basically been determined. Um, Belgium, they have 24 points. They've qualified. Russia, 21 points, and they've qualified. Cyprus is in third. Um, they have 10 points, uh, but they've already been eliminated. Scotland uh, in fourth. They have nine points, but they've qualified for the playoff. Uh, Kazakhstan, seven points. They've already been eliminated, as well as San Marino, zero points. They've been eliminated. All right, Group J. Uh, we got Italy. They've qualified 24 points. Finland, 15. Armenia, 10. Bosnia and Herzegovina, 10. Greece, eight, and Liechtenstein has two points, but they have already been eliminated. So the teams that have qualified already are Belgium, Italy, Russia, Poland, the Ukraine, and Spain. So we have another international break in about a month. Um, so I'm sure, you know, there'll be more teams that are going to end up qualifying for this. All in all, it's 24 points. Um, the UEFA Nations League factors into this um, as far as how the playoff goes. Um, you know, so... Some of these spots are a little bit more secure than they sound. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that, to actually finally seeing which teams are going to be qualified for next year's tournament. Once Germany and the Netherlands lock it down, um, you know, that'll be good for their group. Um, and we'll see who else, you know, who else makes it through. Last time we had in Euro 2016, there were two teams that had made it for the first time. I want to say it was Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Iceland. So... Um, one of the things that I do want to talk about, I know I've talked about it at least one other time on the podcast, is all this crazy racist stuff that's going on at these matches. Um, it's starting to, you know, just become annoying. Like, it seems like it happens in Italy a lot, like in the, in the league at least. Um, you know, as far as like the top leagues in Europe, I don't really follow too many of the leagues like in Eastern Europe. I know Russia had some issues for a while, at least before the last World Cup. Um, but England um, just recently had some issues when they were playing against Bulgaria. And, you know, England, like the U.S., you know, is multiracial. So you got, you know, you got black people, you have Asians, you have everybody, Hispanics, Turks, everybody living in these countries. I mean, excuse me, in, in England. And um, for them to play against Bulgaria and Bulgaria is directing, you know, racist chants and taunts at the, you know, the non-white or Caucasian players is, is just ridiculous. And it's time not not for just UEFA to do something. It's time for FIFA to do something like and it's going to have to be drastic. I mean, it, it has it's going to have to be something that stings so bad that when these play or excuse me, when these fans show up at matches they know that they're going to be detrimental to their team if they do something 
that falls within the realm of, of racist chants or whatever. You know, I mean, it's one thing to like close stadiums, you know, to where the teams have to play behind closed doors. But in my opinion, that I don't know, it, it, it takes away from the players, you know, because a lot of times the players do feed off of that energy. So, yes, it is hurting the team, but it also is hurting the performance. I mean, I've watched games on TV where, you know, the stadiums are empty and it's it's just it's terrible. You know, you're not focused on on the crowd, but, you know, just to still see a stadium that's that's empty, it's hard to watch, you know, Um, and I'm sure it has to be like that for the players. But with that being said, FIFA is going to have to do something because it seems like this is it's it's constant. You know, I mean, I don't know if they're going to have to start kicking teams out or because fines don't seem to be enough. You know, shutting fans out of the stadium doesn't seem to be enough. Plus, that almost seems like it gives more control to the fans when you close down the stadium. You know, 99% of the fans are great. You know, it's just those few that will will start something and then, you know, it builds. And then, I mean, players walking off the field, I think that as much as I hate to see it, I think that's probably the most effective method that the players have at this point. But uh, I, I just, I don't know. I can't really see a solution. I don't know. But like I said, it has to be something harsh. Point deductions, fines, closing the stadium. Yeah, that's that's all well and good. But um, FIFA is going to have to come up with something that that hurts the fans more, the fans that do this, not the, you know, the, the normal fans that, you know, just go to see the game, to enjoy it, to support. Um, but I just know, I don't know what, what they can do. Um, I, I can't seem to um, come up with a solution, to be honest with you. Um, we had a, uh, there was a FA, FA, FA Cup qualifier this past week, um, you know, between some lower level sides. And the game had to be abandoned because of racist chance. Now, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have to replay it. Um, but it, it's, it's crazy that, you know, to have a game abandoned because of something like that. I mean, it's 2019, almost 2020. Uh, it just has no place in the sport. I don't understand why. Maybe, maybe for national teams, I guess it's a little bit more difficult. But for club level, these owners need to step up more, too. You know, they need to do something. Um I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see what FIFA does, but it it it's gonna have to change. I don't know what Russia did uh, for the the World Cup, this the last World Cup, uh, because everybody was worried about you know after Russia and England got into their their big old fan hooligan scuffle, um, you know, plus some of the stuff that like Hulk had endured while he was playing at Zenit Saint Petersburg. Um, I don't know what Russia did to to clean that up, especially to prevent it from happening at the World Cup. But um, something's got to be done. I mean, it. I don't know. The the Bulgarian FA president resigned. I don't think that's enough. I mean, yes, they're going to replace him, but is that really enough to to get fans to stop coming to the stadium and you know taunting and 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 jeering at these players just because they don't look like them? I mean, I don't know. But um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully FIFA does step up like the organization FIFA. I just saw something on the video game FIFA 20 that they're releasing like a special like say no to racism kit, um, which, you know, I guess is the most that they could probably do uh, to support something like that. But um, it seems like the video game, even though it's something really, really small, they've done something more than what I've seen FIFA do over the last, I don't know, 10 years about it. 
So I don't know. We'll see what happens in the future. I'm, I don't know, looking at Gianni Infantino and hoping that he comes up with something. So we had La Liga action um, kick off last Friday, thankfully, after the international break. Um, that one game on Friday was Granada hosting Asasuna. That game ended 1-0 for Granada. Um, then on Saturday, uh, we had Ibar hosting Barcelona. It's good to see Barcelona, like, you know, back to where they should be, I guess. Um, you know, as everybody gets healthy, the league is going to start to shape up back to the way that we're used to seeing it. Um, I know, you know, for me, it's always good to see Barcelona healthy. I like to see Messi playing well. I'm still waiting to see, you know, a little bit more from Antoine Griezmann, but, um, I guess the season is still a little bit early. I mean, they haven't even played 10 games yet, but, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, we had Atletico Madrid, uh, in a 1-1 draw with Valencia, uh, Getafe 2 Leganese, always going to mess that up. Leganese, Leganas, Leganese. Um, zero. Um, and then the shock of the weekend um, in La Liga, uh, Real Mallorca won Real Madrid zero. Now that's a, a score that you never, ever thought that you would ever say. Yes, they're playing on the road, but Real Madrid just has to do better. I mean, you know, this is their second season without Cristiano Ronaldo. And while they are, you know, they're currently in second in La Liga, um, you would never suspect them to drop points to Real Mallorca. I mean, that's just, it's, it's crazy. It's just not what we've, you know, become accustomed to. Plus, with the amount of stars they have on that team. Um, it, it sucks to say that Zidane is on the hot seat, but uh, I don't know. Maybe coming back wasn't a good idea for him um, I think maybe he probably should have went to, to England or you know even come here to Germany or why not go to France you know I mean Monaco was looking for a coach for a while I guess it's comfortable back in Real Madrid but it's not comfortable now because they're not performing the way that they should be um, let's see yesterday we had uh, Alaves 2 Celta Vigo 0 Real Sociedad 3 Real Betis 1 Espanyol 0 Villarreal won, Athletic Bilbao won, Real Valladolid won, and Sabia won, Levante zero. So right now, um, the table looks like this. Barcelona sitting on top with 19 points, Real Madrid in second with 18, Granada in third with 17, and then Real Sociedad, Atletico Madrid, and Sabia all sitting at 16 points. Um, I see, obviously, Atletico Madrid moving up. I mean, even though Jao Felix did get hurt, uh, I guess we'll see how long he's going to be out for. Um, I just saw that he was injured. I didn't check the extent. Hopefully it's not like an ACL or something serious to where, you know, he might be out for the season. Um, but uh, like I said, it's good to see Barcelona. I'm sure Barcelona is happy that uh, Neymar did not come back. Um, I'm definitely. I'm, I'm, sure Griezmann is happy that he did not come back um, but we'll see what happens with Real Madrid hopefully they uh, you know I don't know look in the mirror I don't know figure something out because right now they just are not looking good 
and uh, I kind of I feel bad for them. You know, I mean, I, the fans expect more. Um, I mean, you know, at least they're in the Champions League. We'll see. We'll see how they do. Um, so let's see. Moving on to uh, to Syria, I actually watched a decent amount of Syria matches. Um, I watched the the first half of uh, that Sassuolo Inter Milan game yesterday. It was pretty good. Um, all right, but on Saturday, um, let's see. We had Lazio three, Atalanta three, Napoli two, Hellas uh, Verona zero, uh, Juventus two, Bologna one. Ronaldo did score in that game. Um, then yesterday we had uh, Sassuolo three, Inter Milan four. Uh, Lukaku scored two in that. I mean, Lukaku is—he's doing quite well. I think that's—I think what he has five goals in five matches now for uh, for Inter Milan. So, um, you know, still have to wait for Alexis Sanchez to come around. But uh, I mean, it was a seven-goal match. You know, Inter was on the road, but they—they they did quite well. I thought. Um, Caligiri two, Spal zero, uh, Sampdoria zero, Roma zero. Udinese 1, Torino 0, Parma 5, Genoa 1, and AC Milan 2, Lecce 2, and then tonight we have Brescia hosting Fiorentina. So Mario Balotelli facing Frank Ribery, you know, some old names that are there. But um, let's see, top of the table, uh, we got Juventus with 22 points, uh, Inter Milan with 21, Atalanta with 17 Napoli with 16 Caligari with 14 and Roma with 13 so uh, you know beginning of the season I said Juventus was gonna run away with the league um, it seems like Lukaku was doing his best to prove me wrong um, of course I made that prediction before Lukaku and Sanchez uh, went over to Inter Milan um, but I'm still sticking by it um, I still believe that that's how it's gonna how it's gonna end up. Um, I just see Juventus as a you know more well-rounded team, um, you know, to be able to I don't know make it through the long haul of the season. You know, they still have the Champions League, they got the Coppa Italia, um, so we'll see. I mean, but Inter Milan is playing really really well right now. So League One, Liga, uh, French League. Um, on Friday we had Nice hosting Paris Saint Germain, and Mbappe came back, and he had a goal in his uh, in his return match. I mean the game was already over by the time uh, you know he scored. He scored in the 88th minute, and then Icardi had one three minutes later. But Angel Di Maria he scored in the 15th and the 21st minute. So like I said, the match was it was over. You know by the time Mbappe scored. Um, plus, you know, Nice went down to nine players, um, you know, a little bit of a controversial red card. Um, but you know, I mean, it happens. It's Paris. You would think that Nice would get a little bit more love on, uh, at playing at home, but, uh, yeah, the frustration comes out, you know, especially when you're being outplayed. But, uh, yeah, that match ended Nice one PSG four. Then on Saturday we had Lyon zero, Dijon zero. Anguilla, 0, Brest, 1, Rem, 1, Montpellier, 0, Metz, 1, 
Nantes, zero. Um, then we had Nems hosting Amiens. That game ended in a 1-1 draw. And then we had Toulouse, two, Lille, one. Still waiting to see uh, Timothy Weah play for Lille. You know, he, he's hurt. I get it. But, uh, you know, they also picked up uh, Bernardo Sanchez from Bayern Munich. And I still have yet to see the two of them play. Um, yesterday, we had Bordeaux. Zero Saint Etienne. They scored a 93rd minute penalty to win that on the road. Uh, Monaco three, Rennes two. Monaco is doing much better, you know, following um, their disastrous start that they had. Um, you know, it's always good to get a win at home. And then uh, we have Marseille two, Strasbourg zero. So right now, um, the table is PSG sitting on top with 24 and I mean they're going to run away with it. They're 5 points. Uh, this isn't the Premier League, so I, I don't see um, the other teams playing for anything but second at this point. Um, and you see, you know, they're still sitting on top of the table after they've had some long-term injuries. Um, Nantes in second with 19, Rem in third with 17, Marseille and Angers both have 16 and then Bordeaux in sixth with 15 points. Um all right, moving on to Bundesliga. Um, on Friday, we had Eintracht uh, Frankfurt hosting Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I did not get to watch any of this, um, but I definitely thought that Bayer Leverkusen, even though they're playing on the road, I thought they would they were the better team, and I thought they would win this, but I was wrong. <laughs> uh, Eintracht Frankfurt 3, Bayer Leverkusen 0. Um, let's see, then on Saturday, we had Werder Bremen and Hertha Berlin play to a 1-1 draw. Um then we had Union Berlin 2, Freiburg 0. Now, I've mentioned before, you know, me being a Stuttgart fan, I do not like Freiburg. Um, but I definitely didn't think that they would lose this match to Union Berlin, even though it was, you know, up in Berlin. Um, but that was a surprise to me, and I'm actually glad that they were able to, you know, take some points from them. Um, then the shock match of the Bundesliga weekend, um, even though it doesn't, it's not as bad as it seems, but Augsburg 2, Bayern Munich 2 um, yeah Augsburg they scored in the first minute of this match and uh, I don't know Bayern they just they're, they're having a rough season and now they just lost Nicholas Sula he's out for the rest of the season with an injury um, which sucks because they let Max Hummels leave last year Matt's Hummel excuse me leave last year um, but they didn't bring in a replacement and they also tried to sell Jerome Boateng you know, another defender. Now it seems like unless they bring in some new people or, you know, bring up some youth uh, players that they're going to have to rely on Boateng possibly for the rest of the season. I mean, you know, yes, the winter market is in, you know, month after next, but, or no, excuse me, it's not until January, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, you know, this might be Boateng's chance to get back in on the team. Um, you know, see what he can do. He's he's 32 years old. I mean, he has seemed to have you know slowed down a little bit, but uh, you know they did bring in Hernandez and they they have Pavard. Uh, you know, both those guys you know play well for France. So I would think that plugging in Boateng to replace Sula wouldn't really be that big of a deal. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. But you know, Bayern a 2-2 draw with Augsburg is for their fans has to be disappointing. I mean. Definitely wouldn't have expected them to, to drop points there. 
Um, let's see. Also on Saturday, we have Fortuna Dusseldorf 1, Mainz 0. RB Leipzig and Wolfsburg play to a 1-1 draw. And then uh, Borussia Dortmund 1, Borussia Mönchengladbach 0. And then last night, we had Cologne, Cologne uh, 3, Paderborn 0, Hoffenheim 2, Schalke 0. So the Bundesliga table right now is... Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Wolfsburg both have 16 points on top of the table. Then in third, we have Bayern with 15. But uh, Bayern, Borussia Dortmund, and RB Leipzig, 3, 4, and 5, they all have 15 points. And then Freiburg is sitting in sixth place with 14 points. So, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, Bayern could turn it around at any point. I mean, they are one point out of first place right now um, so it's easy to see or to believe that they're going to bounce back I mean they have the talent um, I'm not sure who their next opponent opponent is but I, I think they're definitely going to get that whole situation with the defense figured out um, you know it is Bayern after all and uh, you know they've dominated the Bundesliga for so long that uh, I don't know I just don't see um, don't see them giving it up this year like at all all right, um, so next on to the Premier League. Cutting some of the transitions out of this episode, but um, Saturday we had Everton 2, West Ham 0, Aston Villa 2, Brighton Hove Albion 1, Bournemouth and Norwich play to a 0-0 tie, Chelsea beat Newcastle 1-0, Leicester beat Burnley 2-1, Wolves Southampton played to a 1-1 draw, Tottenham and Watford played to a 1-1 draw and Manchester City beat Crystal Palace on the road uh, 2-0 now yesterday we had you know what should have been the match of the week I guess it was you know not a bad match it's the first time um, this season though that Liverpool have dropped points but it was Man U and Liverpool to a 1-1 draw yesterday um, I didn't get to watch any of the game, but I, I thought that Liverpool was going to win this game by at least two goals. Um, you know, man, you must have, they, they must have stepped it up and frustrated uh, the Liverpool players because, you know, man, you is not a good team anymore. Uh, but they they came out there with a point. So um, tonight we got uh, Sheffield United hosting Arsenal. Um, I probably will watch that match. Um, but right now, the Premier League table, we got. Uh, Liverpool on top with 25 points, followed by Man City at 19 points. So, you know, that gap has closed. It was eight points before this weekend. Now it's down to six. That's two matches. I believe these teams still have to play each other, you know, this year uh, before, you know, the new year. Um, Let's see. Leicester City and Chelsea both have 17 points. I'm pretty surprised to see Chelsea up there, though. Um, Arsenal have 15 points, but they play tonight, so they could potentially move up to third. And Crystal Palace is in sixth place right now with 14 points. So, yeah, like I said, I will definitely be watching that uh, that Arsenal game tonight to see, you know, exactly what it is uh, that they can do. I mean, they've been having some issues, but uh, hopefully that this Pepe kid, man, I think he's so much better than he's been playing. Um, you know, I've been reading that, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, when Arsenal got him from Lille for like 72 million euros that they overpaid for him. 
Um, I guess you could say that right now because he really hasn't been performing the way that you would think a 72 million euro player would be playing. But, you know, he still has to, you know, fit into the system. The English league is unlike any other league in the world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, his, his time will come. Like I said, Arsenal, they play tonight. Might be able to move to third place. We'll see. Usually I don't talk about the MLS too much, but right now the MLS playoffs are going on. Um, I actually watched a little bit this weekend. You know, it's always a weird time difference thing. Um, but, you know, some of the results from this weekend. Um, let's see. We had Atlanta United 1, New England Revolution 0. Now these are these are not, you know, home and away matches. These are not two-leg matches um it's single elimination so um, atlanta united is moving on then we had uh toronto fc five dc united one now the crazy thing about that score is that uh that's the final score after extra time so um it was (laughs) it was one one and then you know there was four goals scored in extra time by toronto fc like they just were not messing around um, then we had uh, last night we had the Philadelphia Union four, uh, New York Red Bulls three. That game also went into extra time. So now the Eastern Conference semifinals coming up this week. It'll be NYCFC hosting Toronto FC, and my MLS team is NYCFC. You know I'm from New York originally, so um, plus they play in Yankee Stadium. But unfortunately, because even though the Yankees you know, got kicked out of the uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs by the Houston Astros. Um, they will be playing this game at City Field, which is the Mets Stadium. Um, which you know, I don't think too many people are going to be complaining because the the stadium is is the field. I think will be a little bit bigger than it is at Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is pretty tight. Um, you know, fans have been trying to not just fans, but the organization NYCFC have been trying to uh, to get a stadium. It's hard, you know, New York, there's not a lot of space. Um, they want to stay true and actually play in the city of New York, not play in New Jersey like the Red Bulls do or the uh, the Jets and the Giants do in the National Football League. Um, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, because of the New York Yankees, even though they're not in it anymore, they will have to play that game at City Field. And uh, Atlanta United will be hosting the Philadelphia Union. So those are the two matches in the Eastern Conference semifinal. All right, on to the West uh, we had Minnesota United 1, LA Galaxy 2. Zlatan did not score in this match, but LA Galaxy are moving on. Um, Seattle Sounders 4, FC Dallas 3. That match went into extra time. And then we had uh, Real Salt Lake 2, Portland Timbers 1. So the Western Conference semifinals will be, we get another El Trafico. Los Angeles FC against Los Angeles Galaxy. Um, and then we have the Seattle Sounders hosting Real Salt Lake. So um, that'll be interesting. Only a few more matches left in the MLS season. Um, oh, I want to clear something up. I did a little bit of research after you know last week's episode. I was talking about the um, CONCACAF Nations League and how I thought that it was you know basically a waste of time. Um, it, it's not true. Um, 
the CONCACAF uh, Nations League replaces like the old the old hexagonal um, format that CONCACAF used to use. So now the Nations League is the qualifying for the CONCACAF Gold Cup, which, you know, like I said, after doing some of the research, I actually think it's a uh, it's a better system than what we had before. Um, unfortunately, though, with this, the U.S. looks like it's automatically going to qualify for uh, the con- the next CONCACAF Gold Cup, which will be in 2021. Um, even though right now they're in the same group as Canada, uh, which brings me to a, another point. Um, the United States got embarrassed by Canada. And I'm not saying that because I think Canada is a lesser team. I'm saying that they got outplayed by Team Canada. The United States just, they looked silly. Yes, it was the first time that the United States had lost to Canada since, you know, in 34 years. But uh, they just they just got outplayed. Like, they just, they looked like they, I don't know, like they just did not know what they were doing, you know. So, uh, you know, hats off to Canada. The United States probably needed that smack in the mouth, um, you know, to, to figure out what changes they need to make. Um, but, you know, as of right now, they're in, you know, Group A of, of League A in the Nations League with Canada. Um, Canada has already qualified for the Gold Cup. Um, the United States right now is in second place. There's only three teams per group. Canada is the, the last place team, or excuse me, Cuba is the last place, place team in the group. Canada's on top. Uh, the United States is in second. The United States, you know, beat uh, Cuba pretty badly when they played them. I think it was 7-0. Um, and right now, Cuba has not won a match, and they have a minus 14 goal differential. I haven't scored a goal yet. And, you know, it's pretty hard against the United States and, and Canada, you know, to have them in the same group for them to be able to do anything. Um, so, yeah, the United States will play Canada again, uh, let's see, on November 15th during the next international break. Um, that match will be in the U.S. Uh, we'll see. I'm sure the U.S. is going to come out for blood. Um, and hopefully, you know, it. hopefully it'll be, a, it'll be a really, really good game. Hopefully Canada will play exactly the same as they, they did in the last game. And, you know, hopefully the U.S. can uh, step up and actually play well, unlike they did in the, the last game. Like I said, not to take anything away from Canada because Canada – they, they whooped that ass. I mean, there's not really much else that you can say. Um, and they did their thing. Um, so hats off to, uh, to Canada. So, and hats off to CONCACAF for creating the nation's league and actually making it, you know, something that's, uh, actually worth, worth watching and, uh, not just a random tournament that they created in order to make a trophy. So before I talk about the Champions League and Europa League coming up this week, I have to talk about VFB Stuttgart. So this week they were playing at home. Um, they were playing against Holstein Kiel. Now Kiel is one of those teams that it seems like they've always kind of been close to getting promoted. Um, it seems like they're always there towards the end of the season and then something will happen and they'll fall out of those you know top three spots. Um, but Stuttgart was playing at home, so 
I don't want to say I assumed, but I was hoping <laughs> that they would win this game. And <clears throat> the game seemed pretty even. It seemed like it was going to finish 0-0. Um, and then Holger Badstuba happened. Now, oh, he already had a yellow card because of some stupid tackle that he did. Um, oh, man, I don't know. This guy, he's another one I think that needs to leave. Like... His, his, his glory days are, are over, if he ever really even had any, but his glory days are over, in my opinion. And, I don't know, he, he just seems to always either make some bonehead, like, clearance, or he just gets beat. Like, he just gets out-sprinted by a striker. I don't know. But, um, he had another bonehead play. Got a uh, straight red, after already having a yellow. And got sent off. And then two minutes later, Kiel scores. Holstein Kiel. So, I don't know. I was I was extremely frustrated. Like, I was just... I don't want to see him on the team again anymore. I, I know what's going to happen, but... This needs to be his last season in Stuttgart. Especially if Stuttgart ends up getting promoted. He needs to go someplace else. He does not need to be frustrating the Stuttgart supporters like he's been for the last two or three seasons. It's time for him to, to move on. Um, but yeah, so Stuttgart ended up losing that game 1-0 um, to at home to Holstein Kiel. Now, luckily, Stuttgart is still in second place. Um, they're right behind Hamburg. Hamburg has 20 points. Stuttgart has 20 also. Um, but Hamburg is playing tonight, so... Um, there's the possibility that Stuttgart could drop down to third, possibly even fourth, depending on how the result for tonight goes. Um, should be Hamburg and Armenia Bielefeld playing tonight. Um, Armenia Bielefeld is in third place. They got 18 points, and Eskerberga Au is in fourth with 18. So, I mean, we'll see how uh, how that game goes tonight. But yeah, I don't know. To me, it, it's it's time for for Bad Super to to leave. And then this coming Saturday. Stuttgart is playing Hamburg in Hamburg. So, um, and then what, what's really crazy is Stuttgart's playing Hamburg in the second Bundesliga on Saturday. And then on Tuesday, they're playing Hamburg again, but in the Deutsche Pokal. So, um, we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. I mean, obviously I'm going to be watching both of those games very, very closely. Um, but yeah, that was why my, my football weekend did not go well because, uh, Stuttgart did not win, and I blame Holger Badstuba. It's, it's, it's time for him to, to leave. In my personal opinion, it's time for him to go. He does not need to be on the team anymore. You can get rid of some, him and some of those other slow players. Mario Gomez has done a lot for, for German football. He's another one that needs to go. I think um, Stuttgart needs to make some drastic changes, especially if they plan on not only making it back to the Bundesliga, but also staying in the Bundesliga. Um, we'll see, but uh, yeah, definitely need some changes. All right, so we got both uh, Champions League and Europa League this week. Um, let's see, for match day three and for the, the games that are playing tomorrow on Tuesday in the Champions League, we got Club Brugge hosting PSG. Galatasaray hosting Real Madrid, Olympiacos hosting Bayern, Tottenham hosting Red Star Belgrade, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk hosting Dynamo Zagreb, Man City hosting Atalanta, 
Atletico Madrid hosting Bayer Leverkusen, and then Juventus hosting Lokomotiv Moscow. And then the matches on Wednesday, we got uh, Red Bull Salzburg hosting Napoli, Genk hosting Liverpool, Slavia Prague hosting Barcelona, and then what I think is probably the game of the match day, uh, Inter Milan hosting Borussia Dortmund. Then we got RB Leipzig hosting Zenit St. Petersburg, Benfica hosting Lyon, Ajax versus Chelsea, and then Lille hosting Valencia. So got some some pretty decent matches in there. Um, this will be match day three, so I mean this will be when it really really starts to shape up. Um, we'll get to see you know who is you know the contenders and the pretenders. You know, um, you know I, I got to look over you know what my predictions were. I, I think some of them are shaping up pretty well. Some of them are not. But uh, we'll see, you know, and once the, the group stage is over, I'll go over that and see how badly I did. Um, let's see, but also on Thursday, you know, all the games for the Europa League will be played. Um, it's a couple of, you know, somewhat decent matches in there. We've got Roma hosting uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, let's see. Ghent hosting Wolfsburg. Uh, Porto hosting Rangers. Actually, might be a decent match to watch. Uh, Celtic hosting Lazio. Getafe hosting Basel. And that really looks like about it as far as the matches that won't be, I don't want to say blowouts, but the, the interesting matches. So um, we'll see how that is. Got a, another week full of a lot of football this week. So, plenty to watch. I know I'll be watching quite a few matches. So, um, but with that, I am going to end the show. Um, so, I hope everybody has a great week. Um, talked about a lot today. Um, as I mentioned, the podcast name has changed. So, I changed all the ways for you to contact me. Um, the Instagram now is the number 90 underscore the word plus underscore et for extra time so 90 underscore plus extra time uh, excuse me 90 underscore plus underscore et for instagram twitter is at the number 90 the word plus and then the letters et so at 90 plus et and then the new email will be the same as the twitter handle it's just 90 plus et at gmail.com so i'd love to hear from you guys um you know i appreciate you know everybody listening um this podcast was a little bit longer try to cut out some of the stuff so that it wouldn't be as uh, as long as some of the, the previous ones um so working on you know my editing and everything but um i want to take the time now to thank all the listeners that have been listening in the various countries um the u.s germany france Canada, the Netherlands, Serbia, Colombia, South Korea, Turkey, and South Africa. I appreciate it. Love to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Um, enjoy some football, and I'll talk to you guys next week.